0: Thank you so very much for inviting me to share my book with you. It means a great, great deal to me. I am looking at Lola sitting there uh, in the front row, and she was there uh, at the inception of the book. Uh, It was in her class that I started to write. Uh, without being at all aware that it would mature into a book. Uh, and uh, being here is so very, very special. Uh, seeing all the faces that were once such a big part of Chuck's and my life, uh, friendships, um, it's just so very, very heartening to be here. I want to express my gratitude to Mary for arranging this uh, this uh, morning. Um, I miss her being here very much. I wished I could tell her in person how much I appreciated her being there for me and for Chuck when at a time when we really needed her. and um, my Thanks to Amanda for arranging everything and for Amanda, your smiling voice always made me feel so welcome um, coming back here. The fact that you are here and that you may be willing to read my book is very heartening to me. Uh, I am also happy to share with you that my book was named the finalist for the 2012 um, Forwards Book of the Year Awards. So, uh, um, now, um, why my book? 68 years have passed since I was liberated from the concentration camp. I no longer can remember where I last put my glasses, yet I remember clear as day events that turned my sunny childhood into an inferno and killed nearly everyone I loved and knew. I ask myself, how did my mother, my sister, and I survive? whole with love? with compassion, with joy for life. These existential questions loom larger now in the winter of my life and hence my book. Dredging up the darkness of the past was painful, but rarely is wisdom gained without tears. Seeing the child that I was through the eyes of an old woman I am now, I find a strong, resilient, wise girl while surrounded by deprivation and cruelty. She brings back her memories of pre-war and the brave people in the ghettos, casting them as proof that there were and always will be righteous people. My book is divided into three parts, war, liberation. A substantial part is about liberation because very little was written about it. And then coming to America, the challenges of renewal, Uh, and it's also interlaced with reflections of before the war. I was born in Warsaw, Poland. Warsaw was the center of my universe and glows in my selective memory in golden radiance of lilac trees against open blue skies air filled with fragrance, rich sounds of good neighbors, kindness and trust and love. Magic train rides to the countryside in the summer. All remained shelters in my mind, soon to crumble around me. You see, when you lose everything, your memories become your possessions. I had just turned 10 when Germany invaded Poland. Immediately my life changed beyond recognition. My once wonderful peaceful streets were soon patrolled by foreign soldiers. They walked into our homes like common thieves, helped themselves to whatever they wanted, and called us greedy. They. Um, Uh, um, um, They isolated us in a ghetto. They built a thick wall around us. They rounded up the Jewish people from surrounding areas and filled the ghetto with with needy people. Most people came without uh, shoes on their feet, many without a penny in their pocket. Little tots stood in corners and yammered. Our people died of cold and starvation and homelessness and typhus. Our people covered the dead bodies of children with a poster saying, children are the holiest thing. Our children must live. Yet in this inferno, Jewish people in the ghetto found heroic ways to hold on to their inner selves, to hold on to their cultural values, and to stand up for what they believed in. And my book describes, in my book, I bring back the starving teachers who uh, met with children in cold rooms and taught them how to hold on to their inner selves and trust in love. Uh, Books were forbidden and uh, yet I'm going to read an excerpt of Uh, One, examples of our moral resistance. Actually, at the very start, the Jewish community organized itself in self-aid organization, and it was widespread. Everybody helped whatever way they could, some with money, some with clothes. Uh, There was not a child in every building that, that was over 10 years old that did not help. To own a book was an act of defiance, and many defied. Tata had his secret stash of books by Sholem Ash and Sholem Aleichem and Isaac Perez. He read them to us generously, nights, windows blinded with black covers to keep our existence secret, in a small room illuminated by a flickering carbide light. My family sat in an invisible embrace, warm in a frozen universe. Tata's voice flowed with swaddling comfort, conveying nuances which brought to life remote worlds. Our room was a tiny capsule of paradise, separating us from the curfew silence outside our windows. We even had theaters. Imagine theaters when there was no bread. There was a uh, um, a very wonderful uh, writer in, in, in the Warsaw Ghetto, Hein Kaplan, uh, and um, he wrote, that it is strange that when we don't seem to need it at all, we need poetry more than we need bread. When I was a child, I did not uh, um, understand it. Yet that is what kept my my soul alive. That's what kept my faith and humanity alive. When I uh, in uh, um. Um, July 1942, things became even more gruesome. This was the beginning of the Warsaw Ghetto deportations. At first, nobody had an idea that deportations meant death. So many people hungry, uh, starved, um, uh, homeless, Hopeless um, uh, 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 well what I, uh, so i'm sorry for for backing up a little at uh, at first, people uh, who were torn away from our lives were forced to write false letters uh, inviting family members to join them in camps where they were fed clad and taken care of, so many destitute people, homeless people, uh, marched unknowingly to death. But most people uh, um, um, hid. We hid in the most outlandish places—in cupboards, in drawers, in in, 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 in any any corner that would 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 uh, uh, cover us from being seen on the face uh, of the earth. Between. Uh, Box springs and mattresses. My family hid in a room obscured, the door obscured by a closet. Between um, July 1942 and September 1942, a mere two months, 99% of the Jewish children disappeared. Can you imagine a world without the sound of children, without the presence of grandmothers or grandfathers, because old people and children were the first to be killed. We never heard from the people who were torn from us, but some people came back, somehow managed to hide under corpses, under ashes, and somehow come back to the ghetto and told us about horrific train rides to a place called Treblinka. As soon as we became aware of the fate of our people who were deported, um, armed resistance began to form and my father was a member of the armed resistance. Immediately people, the resistance fighters, began to um, uh, build uh, bunkers uh, in, in, uh, in basements. At that point, uh, all the Warsaw was, the ghetto was virtually empty. Only three slices of the ghetto uh, were set apart for the Jewish people, the remnant of the Jewish people to live, but only those uh, above the age of 14 and only those who had a permit to work. Each of the three slices of the ghetto uh, was, uh, had a factory. So if you had permission to work in the factory, it legalized your right to live just for as long as, uh, as the whim of the masters of our universe permitted and the rest were hiding out in, in the wilderness. It, the wilderness was the rest of the ghetto which was so silent. It was like a cemetery of building. The windows felt like they uh, gouged out eyes. There was no movement, no sign of life. But in, in, these, in these hollows, and also among us, in, in, these, in these slices of the ghetto, there were some of the wild people that, uh, and, and, the, uh, and the ghetto fighters were hiding. My father also, his existence, he was a persona non grata, was also illegal. Our bunker was, uh, was uh, in the basement. We moved from an apartment uh, on a higher level to the uh, ground floor apartment. Um, uh, which was so easy because you could move and We were the only family uh, in the entire building. Uh, all you had to do, we had a secret trap door. You had to li- lift the powder room floor and commode and all, and then you climbed down into the nether- underworld existence. Events erupted, before events erupted, Um, At the beginning of 1943, there were a few skirmishes between the freedom fighters and the Nazi uh, soldiers. As a punishment, Himmler decided to cleanse um, the rest of the ghetto of the rest of the Jews uh, within three days, starting on uh, April nineteenth within three days to complete it in time as a gift to Hitler. Uh, events erupted with German columns uh, marching into the ghetto with tanks, with armored cars, with bomber planes, uh, with humongous microphones, um, Uh, announcing that we all better report for deportation or else we'll be torn apart. We grabbed our few packages, lifted the door and climbed down into into our hiding, shut the trap door down. The damp doors closed in on me The ceiling pressed down on me. The flickering of the carbide light was the substitute for the sun. The ticking of the clock was our only contact with the outside world. It was the only clue we had when morning was rising and day was ending. How I craved. For the open horizons, for the blueness of the sky, for the crispness of the air, the few people in the in the bunker were were my whole nation. I will not describe. Time does not allow me, but you can read about it. Um, how uh, we were dragged out of our bunker, how we were led uh, uh, through uh, the uh, burning ghetto, buildings, flames, enormous tongues of flames, lick the sky, painting it in otherworldly colors of iridescence, smoke, towers of smoke, buildings crumbling to our feet, People lying in congealed blood. Well, eventually, we all were dragged to Umschlagplatz, to loaded onto a freight trains, and uh, taken to Maidanek extermination camp, where uh, the guest, uh, uh, where my father was guest. Um, Oops. Sorry. Um, and you'll read about how uh, miraculously my mother, sister, and I, by a set of the most unusual circumstances, uh, got out of Majdanek. By the way, my mother was the only mother that I am aware of that was in the entire camp. And we were the only fortunate ones to be three members uh, in a family Every, virtually everyone else was there all alone. We uh, were uh, then sent, which was, which in a way saved our lives. Uh, We were sent um, because my sister got a beating. That's, that's, that was one of the links uh, where, where an unfortunate random situation ended us up. In uh, Skarzysko, which also was uh, it was a, 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 a slave labor camp, that camp too was enclosed by an electrified barbed wire fence. There too were guards uh, on uh, on uh, posted uh, all along with guns and dogs and searchlights and watched every step we took. And but there were no there were no um, um, crematoria. Um, people mostly died of, there of, co- of hunger and, and cold and, and, and illness. Uh, then a miracle. In January 1945, we were liberated by the Russian forces. But I am sure Uh, reasonably sure, that liberation was not at all what you are likely to imagine. And I will read, uh, I'll read a short excerpt of one of our experiences uh, after liberation. Um, I must point out, however, that as difficult as things were, we did a lot of wondering until we came to the United States, looking for a home, looking for a country. We were, we were stateless. We were uprooted. There was no place for my mother and my sister to come back to because Warsaw, uh, the Warsaw ghetto was leveled. Um, but we had, we, uh, we found two cousins, in in, uh, Skarżysko, in one of the camps, who were in a little bit better shape than we were, than my mother, sister, and I. When we were liberated, they left the camp and told us that they were going to their home in a a small town, Dzawoštze, and to follow them. Um, And so my mother and sister and I were wondering, Uh, through Poland, uh, it was very, very difficult. And in desperation, uh, my mother decided that we should go to Jaworszczycy to look for our cousins. Of course, we had no idea if they ever got there, nor did we even know if they would welcome us, if they would want us, but that was our last resort. So my mother and I hopped a train. This was the first time that uh, we separated uh, from my sister. We left my sister in a place uh, with two Russian soldiers who very kindly opened some rooms, for refugees from, uh, from concentration camps. And we had a little, a little plot uh, on the floor, so that was our only security. We were afraid if we don't find our cousins that this would assure us that little, that little pallet on the floor to come back to. So my mother and I hopped the plane, a uh, train, and we got off, and that's January. And we got off in a, in a village, and and the um, the uh, the ground was covered from horizon to horizon with snow. And the, we were dropped off the train only when that part was still war, um, and uh, we had to walk to the village. To, to the little town Jawa said to our cousins. We knew that we would not be able to make it before nightfall and that we would freeze to death. So we were begging our peasants to give us a ride on the cart. We hitchhiked to go as far as they can take us. So we found a kind um, a peasant who let my mother and me ride some distance, not the entire the um, length of to where we wanted to go. Um, the cart and the horse plodded thro- slowly through snow. Every now and then isolated farmhouses with pillows of, of snow pitched on roofs rolled towards us, then floated away into white endlessness. We rolled with the wagon in a semi-stupor until the wagon stopped. The nice man told us that this was the end of our ride. We thanked him. We did not hold it against him that he did not offer shelter against the freezing nightfall. He pointed in the direction of Jaworzice and took off. Stiff with cold and exhaustion, hunger, and fear, we let our feet sink into the snow that reached well above our ankles. We turned our heads to watch the man draw away with his cart. We were left at the end of the world. What now? We wondered. How far to Działoshice? How much progress can we make plowing on foot through the desert of snow? We started to walk, pushing through snowdrifts, sliding past clusters of ice. We walked and watched the sky grow dim. We walked and squinted into the distance, hoping to see a hint of jawashitze. nothing. The biting cold made us forget our hunger. At some point, Mama said, we'll have to walk to the next farmhouse to ask for shelter before dark. We rehearsed what we would say. Nearing a farmhouse horrified me. The watchdogs growled and barked ferociously as they dashed at us with bared fangs. I was petrified and tried to back away, pleading, Mama, I'm afraid. Let's go away. The dogs will bite us. They'll tear us apart. Mama, who was as frightened as I was, insisted, you can't turn back. Don't show them that you are afraid. We must walk to the farmhouse. We must find shelter. With Mama in the lead, I did as she directed but we were turned away repeatedly. We stumbled from farmhouse to farmhouse, each separated by endless snow. The red sun began to sink on the rim of the horizon and deep nightfall was already behind us. Still, no one let us in. We trudged forward until night engulfed us with each step the universe grew more empty eerie and silent the desolation was endless and the sky in its unforgettable calm blinking in, in its unforgettable and its calm blinking splendor we were abandoned by god and man I know that I whimpered with pain though I was trying to hide my despair from Mama. I know that she too moaned even though she tried to give me heart. We both trembled with cold and moved forward, weak and frightened. Silence filled the emptiness. We came to a frozen stream and had to cross an ice-covered trestle. I looked at the slick ties sparkling in the moonlight and thought, God, if I slip and fall between the ties, a sheet of ice will carry me down. I will drown. I cannot do it, I told Mama, who took the first step, shook and trembled, and stumbled across sometimes on all four. Mama now on the opposite bank called for me to cross. I searched the eerie horizon for a way around the trestle, nothing. I raised my eyes to the sky in hope of finding an an inspiration, a way out. The sky just hung there in its indescribable glory of a myriad stars, just blinking the fact the universe just is well, I didn't drown. you know that <laughs> I am here, but we still did a lot of uh, of uh, of um, wandering, a lot of wandering through Poland and uh, uh, um, uh, a lot of wandering through Czechoslovakia through Germany and eventually came to the United States. My sister and I started out working in a garment factory in New York uh, in the garment district. Uh, I was a button sewer. my sister was a finisher, and um, eventually um, my sister with about four and a half years of formal education became a professor of comparative literature. She wrote a very important book. She collected poetry written in the uh, ghettos, concentration camps in Yiddish and Polish, and translated it into English. By the way, even when we were in Maidan where we did not have a pencil or a piece of paper we composed songs and poetry not for history but it was like a sustenance we had nothing left but our words and with with these songs we put we put our our indignations our 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 longings our rebelliousness into words even though they were only carried into the air. Um, I uh, eventually, with three years of formal education, became a teacher, an elementary school teacher, then a reading specialist. I am mentioning that because our inspiration came from the darkest places, even in the bunker, when the world was crashing around us, my father had a French tutor for us. I think that this was his way of denying that his children had no future. My mother, my, my poetic, uh, well, my, my, so my, my, my poetic mother had a much harder time adjusting. Um, um, In in the concentration camps, my mother would murmur right in front of the the crematoria. She would murmur into my ears, life is sacred. It's noble to fight, to stay alive. Could not make the adjustment, could not start life again. Not all survivors were able to start life over again. My mother was also somewhat of a, of a prophet. She used to foretell that she would say, you'll see, if, we, if, if, if there is for some remote coincidence, if we survive, you will see that the German people, that their children and their children's children for generations will be asking Where was your conscience? I was not sure that I believed her then, but I must have wanted to hear it because I still remember it. And she was right, because now the German people are questioning, and I am ever so grateful for it. Revenge or forgiveness to me is not the issue, but understanding is an obligation. And I think that we are all left with a legacy to understand how a civilized, very civilized country could do such heinous things on such a mess, mess, uh, massive way. Uh, maybe in re- being aware of the cruelties that human beings are capable of. We can summon the goodness and the love in us and, and, and give more force to, to the importance of love. I hope that in reading my book, you will be uplifted by the love and courage that shines through human beings, even in the worst times. And I thank you all so very, very much.